Please. Amen. All right. Second Corinthians. You probably found it 10 minutes ago. Let me uh, get over there to it. Second Corinthians chapter six. Just pushing this into the atmosphere of our hearing today. Second Corinthians chapter six. We're going to begin reading in verse number 11. And it says, our mouth has spoken freely to you, O Clostonians. Y'all see that? It's Clostonian. But just put, just somebody just say Cluston. I know Paul's writing to the church at Corinth, but we, he's talking to us now, okay? So he said, our heart is open wide, and you are not restrained by us, but you are restrained by your own affections. Now, in like exchange, I speak to you as children, open wide to us also. One translation says, be enlarged. Somebody shout, be enlarged. Do not be bound together with unbelievers. For what partnership have righteousness and lawlessness, or what fellowship has light with darkness, or what harmony has Christ with Belial, or the devil, or what has a believer in common with an unbeliever, or what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God, just as God said, I will dwell in them and walk among them, and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Verse number 17. Therefore, come out from among their midst and be separate. Somebody shout, separate yourself. Separate yourself, says the Lord, and do not touch what is unclean, and I will welcome you, and I will be a father to you, and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. Just for clarification, in case you're new here and you weren't here last week, when he's talking about separating yourself from, from, he's not talking about separating yourself from people in the, in the, in the, with, the, with the understanding that we separate ourselves from their practices. We, we, don't, we don't participate in the deeds of darkness. We don't participate in the involvement of the evil. So, so we're not trying to distance ourselves from sinners because they need to see the light. So, so, but we don't indulge in sinful behavior. Deuteronomy says, Deuteronomy 22 says, you shall not plow with an ox and a donkey. The reason why you don't plow with an ox and a donkey is because it's two separate natures. It, it don't work. It don't work. You can't put two separate natures together and be a blessing to the Lord. So he says you got to separate yourself from the practices. Don't align yourself with what's evil, okay? All right, now go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Just maybe flip over a page or two. In verse number three, it says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but they are divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. One translation says, For the pulling down of strongholds. And we are destroying speculations, every lofty thing raised against the knowledge of God, and we are taking every thought captive, taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ, and we're ready to punish all disobedience whenever your obedience is complete. Look with me in verse number 12, just working it out right here. For we are not, we are not bold to class or compare ourselves with some of those who commend themselves, but when they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves, they are without understanding. In other words, don't, don't compare yourself with somebody else. But we will not boast 
beyond our measure, but within our measure of the sphere, same word for domain, we're going we're gonna to boast only in the, the sphere or the measure or the domain which God has apportioned to us as a measure to reach even as far as you. For we are not overextending ourselves as if we did not reach to you, for we were the first to come even as far as you in the gospel of Christ, not boasting beyond our measure, that is, in another man's labors, but with the hope that as, of your, that as your faith grows, we will be within our sphere or domain enlarged, somebody shout enlarged, even more by you, so as to preach the gospel even to the regions beyond you and not to boast in what has been accomplished in the sphere of another. Last verse, but he who boasts, let him boast in the Lord. So notice that Paul is talking about that we have a measure. And in that measure, there's a domain. There, there, there's, 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 there's a place of influence. And Paul is writing here about having more influence in your region. We've been talking about this is about the seventh, series, seventh message in this series on new outpourings. I believe God wants to do some new things in the Glades region. And so I believe he's expanding our borders for greater influence. Amen? So just high-five about three people and tell them it's greater influence. It's greater influence. It's greater influence. God's going to use you for more influence. He's going to use you for more influence. Amen? Let me just pray for you. Father, this morning we thank you. We're so blessed. We're so blessed that you've decided to walk among us. Lord, your presence is tangible. Lord, your anointing is rich. Lord, we can't imagine doing life without you. Thank you today, Lord, that you're in this place. Holy Spirit, you're the preacher, the teacher, the communicator, the revelator, the revealer of all truth. Lord, I thank you for what you're going to do in hearts and minds of people that have gathered and those that are listening by the way of radio or Facebook. Lord, we thank you today for what you're going to do in our hearing. And we give you all the glory, the honor, and the praise now. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody together said amen. Amen, amen. God bless you this morning. You may be seated. Let me just get this thing started here real quick. Um, how, many, how many believe this that, uh, I think I said it last week, but all throughout history, in, in every generation, all throughout especially church history, God has always had a people that would carry out the mission of heaven's will in the earth. God's always had a people or a group of people or a remnant that would carry out heaven's mission in the earth. There has always been and there will always be a people somewhere on the planet that would be willing and obedient to carry out the things of God into spiritually held territories. There's always been a remnant to go against the powers of hell. There's always been a remnant of people that would stand against the prevailing powers of the enemy and just let them know as long as we're breathing, we got the upper hand. And I say that to you because part of God's mandate, and, and we know this, we've said it many times here, but part of God's mandate for every local church is to bring into that assigned territory. Every church has an assigned territory. And what God does is, is he brings a local church to that territory to give expression of a heavenly kingdom. 
So every church, and this is, this is kind of a corporate message today because we're talking about invading and conquering and overthrowing. Pastor Porter prophesied about crossing over. We're, we're talking about taking territory. We're talking about moving into new dimensions, new outpourings where the power of God is released over a generation. And so what God does is he takes a people collectively, pulls them together to make up an ecclesia, a church, and he plants them inside of a territory. He puts them into a region to defy the powers of hell so that the liberty of the gospel of Jesus Christ can take effect on people's lives. Y'all are real quiet for a Holy Ghost-filled church already this morning. So, 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 so the church becomes to us this, this visible representation of an invisible kingdom. People who are lost cannot see the kingdom of God. But they do get to look at the church. The church is the visible manifestation of, of an invisible world that they cannot see. And it's the role, it's the responsibility of the church to manifest the will of God in the earth like it is in heaven. That means when we come together collectively, people ought to know that, hey, they're on their way to church. When you back out of your driveway on Sunday morning, they know, hey, they're going to church. You ain't going to the beach. <laughs> you ain't going to the lake. They're going to the church. And it becomes this visible representation that something is moving in the city beyond what I can see. So, so, so it's the role of the church, just, just a brief brief review here because I want to take you somewhere where, where we've never been before. It's the role of the church to bring this expression into an earthly realm, to bring into reality an unseen realm that really exists. Whether we actually believe it or not, comprehend it or not, there is an unseen reality. The unseen world is actually more real than what you look at right now. The unseen realm is more, more activated than the natural realm. The unseen realm is always moving. I bet if God would just take the blinders off of our eyes and peel the scales off of our eyes, you will find out even in the midst of praise this morning, there was an angelic host of angels that was encamped around us and just praising the Lord with us. There's angels moving in and out of the service the whole time while we're praising God because the spiritual realm is full of activity. But what happens is we get so accustomed to a natural realm. We get so accustomed to a realm that is visible, that's, and that's where we kind of lock in. And we miss the unseen realm and what God's trying to do. All right, so, so let me just break it on down. So it, it, it's the church is the agent. It's the agent assigned to a particular geographical area. It's, it's, it's there to bring influence. Somebody shout influence. To bring influence and deliverance to those spiritually held territories. Because just because you don't see the devil doesn't mean that the devil's not working in the territory. Just because you don't see the unseen realm of evil, now we see the manifestation of it. When crime happens, that's the manifestation of evil. 
Y'all going to make me work really hard this morning. That's all right. I got you. I'm going. I got it. We're going to work it. So what happens is, if we're not careful, we, 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 we blot out the spiritual realm to a secondary realm rather than making it the primary realm. Because most people live either out of the fleshly realm, with this, which is earthly, or their solical realm, which is self-conscious. Most people live out of one of those two realms, and we as born-again believers, we should live at a higher realm called the spiritual realm. You are not a body that has a spirit. You are a spirit that possesses a body that has a soul. That's what you are. You are a spirit being first. And if you're not careful, we get comfortable, we get locked in on living in a solical realm, our mind, our will, and our emotions. People just live by the way they feel. Huh? You ever met anybody that? They just, well, I don't feel like coming to church. Well, it has nothing to do with your feelings. Well, I don't feel like praising the Lord. Well, it has nothing to do with your, your feelings. You ever, you ever seen the people, well, I just don't feel like it. I just feel like being ugly. <laughs> I just feel like being quiet. So we, we, we relegate the spiritual realm to a feeling versus activating it in the realm of the spirit. Your spirit man is alive to God. Your spirit man is God conscience. Your soulish man is self-conscious. And your fleshly body is earth conscience. You were brought up out of the earth. That's where your body came from. It came up out of the dust of the earth. And that's when you die, your body goes back to from which it came. It goes back. That's why we say at funerals, from ashes to ashes, from dust to dust. That's just a temporary housing unit that possesses the real you. And when the church begins to understand, and when the church begins to realize that I am a spirit being collectively planted together, in a territory, then I can begin to make demand on a spiritual realm and take what is in the unseen realm and bring it into the natural realm, then everybody around me can see what God is doing in the earth. Come on, push on somebody and tell them greater influence now. So when God assigns us, he puts us in a place. Once, once God gives you an assignment or you discover your assignment or you discover your place, you find out that in that place, you can do things better than what other people can do. Not because you're better than someone else. It's just that God is with you in that place with that particular assignment. God told Joshua in Joshua chapter 1, he says, go in and possess the land. Joshua wasn't a better man than Moses. That was just his assignment. The land was Joshua's place. In 1 Samuel chapter uh, 3, it talks about how Samuel, he said, he began to grow, and the word of the Lord was with him, and none of his words fell to the ground. From Dan to Beersheba, all of Israel, as long as Samuel was in his place of assignment, as long as Samuel was in his territory, as long as Samuel was walking with the Lord between Dan and Beersheba, none of his words fell to the ground because he was in his place of assignment. It wasn't that he was better than any other prophet. He was just in his place of assignment. 
and those words were being fulfilled. Because when you're in your place of assignment, well, I'm going to preach this in a minute. I'm trying to, trying to wake, wake, wake you up a little bit. When you're in that place of assignment, when you're in that place where God has called you to be, your words carry weight. Your words begin to express a different dimension. And when your words begin to express a different dimension, you begin to think on a different level. You're not thinking out of the soulish realm because it ain't about the way I feel. It's about what God made me to be. It's not, it's not about, see, your body is connected to circumstances. Some people can only get a victory because the circumstances are good. But when you're connected to the Spirit, I don't have to be on the mountain to praise God. I've learned how to praise Him in the valley. If He's the God of the mountain, then He's got to be the God of the valley. So when you learn how to live a life of the Spirit, that's why in Revelation chapter 4 it says you got to come up higher. you got to come up to a different level. You cannot stay on this level. You can't stay physical, earthly, connected to the earth all the time. You can't stay in the soulless realm, connected to your feelings all the time. you got to come to the realm of the Spirit where you begin to manifest the things of God. Amen? So... So we have all this going on, and, and so what, what God does is he, he gathers people together. I'm trying to make us understand that we don't come to church because it's a religious thing to do. We come to church because we have an assignment in the territory. The territory cannot be liberated by good government. The territory cannot be liberated just by good people. The territory is liberated by an ecclesia called out believers who know how to come together under the unity and the banner of the Lord Jesus Christ. And they begin to push on the prevailing powers until something begins to shift in the atmosphere. Okay? So, 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 so when you have people that understand that, and I believe this is how, how it relates to the church that, that has been signed to a territory, they have the potential, just like Samuel did, of walking through the land speaking, declaring, and proclaiming words that begin to affect that place. And they begin to push that word. I'm going to use a spiritual term. They begin to push that revelation into an atmosphere, an environment, into the hearing of others until things begin to get unlocked in people. Okay? So even when there is a resistance to that word that's being pressed into an atmosphere or into a territory, because of the assignment that's on that person's life and because of the assignment that's on that word, there's a persistence that comes with the assignment. And that persistence keeps that word alive until something begins to shift for the glory of God. You ever seen people who are just, they're, they're all for God one day and the next day they're not for God. There's no, there's no consistency there. There's no persistence there. I've, I've had people say, hey, I, this is my church. I'm going to join this church. Well, and it lasts about two months. And then all of a sudden, hard times come. Tough places hit. And because it was not a word in them, because they made an emotional decision based on how I felt when I came versus on what God has showed me where I need to be. Because if you are where you're supposed to be, come hell or high water, you can't be drug away from it. When you know the place of your assignment, 
then there is a persistence that comes with that word and that assignment. That's why, that's why you can work a job and you can stay faithful to that job even when there's all kind of pressure on you to make you quit. When you know you've been placed there. Amen? All right, so, so let me just work this out. When you have people with a word, this will be on the screen. I'm, I'm going to skip Isaiah 55, guys. But when you have people with a word sustained long enough in a territory, you block evil from manifesting unhindered. I'm going to preach in a minute, fellas. Just hang out with me. I know we got, I ain't got a whole lot of time left, but just hang out with me. I'm going to preach it here in a minute. The word of God comes to liberate people from long-standing strongholds without permission from those strongholds. <laughs> and as believers, it becomes our job to keep the word activated and keep speaking it into the land. Now watch this. Everything in the spirit is already an established fact. Forgiveness, you, you didn't get forgiven when you asked for it. You were forgiven before the foundations of the world. Forgiveness is an established fact. It was here before you got here. Healing is an established fact. If you come to a prayer line and somebody lays hands on you and you get healed, you didn't just get healed then. You were healed 2,000 years ago. What you did was you appropriated something in the now that was already been established before you got here. And when God heals a person in their body, it's not nothing new to God. It's an old thing to God. It already happened in the realm of the courts of heaven. It's already been established in the glory realm of God. So when that means, that means this. The devil has already been defeated. It's, an, it's already in the realm of the spirit. That, that means every problem in your life has already been fixed. Every situation in your life has already been conquered. It's already established in the realm of the spirit. But what God has to have, he's got to have a people, he's got to have a body that knows how to activate the realm of the spirit and don't be so tied to the solical realm, don't be so tied to circumstances. They begin to see into a different dimension and they begin to walk like sons and daughters of the living God. Those that are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So God is looking for people that understand I might have a body and I might possess a soul, but I am a spirit being planted into a territory to let the powers of hell know you're not going to get my kids. You're not going to get my family. You're not going to stop God's blessing. You're not going to prevent the work of the Lord in my life. As long as I'm breathing, I've got power. I've got anointing. I got the ability to overthrow every assignment of hell because that's who I am come on tell somebody greater influence now greater influence it's greater influence and you got to have you got to have I'm trying to help you now you got to have you got to have people who don't just say well I just don't feel it has nothing to do with the way you're feeling your feelings until they become domesticated until they become trained they will continue to lie to you mind, your will, your emotions, your mind, the way you think. Until your mind be becomes retrained, transformed, 
renewed. You keep thinking like the very world that you were called out from. And I don't mind the world thinking like the world. I have a big problem with the church thinking like the world. You ever been around Christians that <laughs> trying to be nice? That it's like it's like Eeyore. Y'all know who Eeyore? Or when, when, when is it Winnie the Pooh? I mean, everything's just gloomy. Everything's negative. Everything's critical. Can't say nothing nice about nothing. Got to complain about everything. Look at your neighbor and say, I don't think he's talking to you, but just hang on to that. Just hang on to that now. Just hang on to it. Just, just, it's, it's just, it's just every, everything's just like, it's like, 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 like if you didn't have a bad day, you didn't have no day. I mean, it's, it's like hee-haw all over again. Bloom, despair, and agony on me. Deep, dark depression, excessive misery. If it weren't for bad luck, I have no, where's my banjo at? I'd have no luck at all. You ever had people just, it's just, man, just bad, look, just bad. Why? Why is it a bad day in the life of a believer? Why are you struggling with something that was conquered 2,000 years ago before you ever had a problem? He had the answer for it. The problem is you were thinking carnal. You were thinking fleshly. You were thinking emotionally. You're emotive. You are thinking on the realm of your emotions rather than living a life by the Spirit. See, when you get a church, whoo, help me, Holy Ghost. When you get a church that gets turned on to the life of the Spirit that's been planted and assigned in the region, when they begin to speak, they're not speaking out of a soulish realm. They're not speaking out of an earth-conscious realm. They are speaking from the realm of the Spirit. And you're like Samuel, as long as I'm in my territory, from Dan to Beersheba, as long as I'm walking in my place of assignment, not none of my words will ever fall to the ground because I'm not saying what I want to say. I'm saying saying what God has already said. I'm saying what God has already promised. So you begin to live your life on a different dimension. Amen. I got this little, I'm going to give you a little quick story here. I got this thing in me. It's like I never used to be bothered by it, but now I get bothered by it. It's like, like I can't see spooky stuff no more. And I knew I shouldn't have done it yesterday, but I did it. Y'all going to think I saw watching a, a scary movie. I don't watch scary movies. I can't. That stuff is too real to me. But there was a preacher that posted something, and it showed it was from a lady in South Africa. And, and he said this is a, uh, she, she had a camera in her granddaughter's room, grandbaby's room, and it, because she kept waking up crying in the night, that something was in her room and they were talking to it and they couldn't never figure it out. So they put a camera in the room. And the, at 3 o'clock in the morning, the camera snapped an image of an evil-looking, demonic, induced spirit. And it begins to explain. And then they, they checked it out. It wasn't, what, what, what do you call it, Photoshop? It wasn't Photoshop. I mean, none, none of that. It's just like how, somehow know that that image was captured. Because that realm is more real in the chair you're sitting in. It's real. It's real. And I, I have to be careful because I saw that and then I, I had to get up and go to the gym early in the morning to open it up. Oh, Lord. 
I go there. I mean, you'd be amazed at the people walking around in Clouston at 4.30 in the morning. I think you ought to try it sometime. I'm like, where, what, y'all don't go to bed? So I'm, I go to the gym. Of course, it's dark in there. I go in there, and I got to go to every room when it's dark. <laughs> and th- this happened, I'll tell you, I got to hurry. Y'all, y'all messing with my time. The, um, this happened a couple weeks ago. I, I went in, and I saw this. I had this image in my, I woke up, and that image was like right there. I'm like, God, Lord, I bind it in the name of Jesus. Lord, I bind it in the name of Jesus. And I get to the gym, and, and Rosa had called me, Chad's wife had called me, texted me or whatever, said, hey, I'm going to be down there running early in the morning before the gym opens. Yeah, no big deal. So I get down there, and not even thinking about it, I just going about my business, flipping on lights, and I walk in that next door, and I hear, <laughs> I mean, I know I didn't look like much on the outside, but my heart, my heart was left on the floor. I'm like, where? I'm like, oh. And she goes, oh, did I scare her? Oh, it scared me. I, didn't, I can't even say it. And I'm like, because that image. And then I was in there the other day because I got this image going on, right? It, it's, it's, I'm telling you, that stuff sticks with you. That's why you can't just watch anything. You can't just let stuff come into your head. That's why I, 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 you got to work with your teenagers. You better put some guard on that TikTok, whatever, my, what, what, what do you call it? Uh, what, what's the other one? Um, y'all ain't, y'all ain't going to say it. Y'all, y'all scared to say it. Like, I ain't got none of that. I know. All I got, all I got is Facebook. No, it, you, you got to watch that stuff because there's stuff coming across there. So I go in the gym the other day and I'm working out. Ain't nobody in there, just me. It's before, before the gym even opens. I'm in there before it actually opens, working out. I'm in there, I'm in the back room working, and I just walked into the room. There wasn't nobody in the building. I walk into the room, and I'm about to pick up the weights, and Brittany steps around the corner. Hey, Dad. <laughs> God almighty. <laughs> it's like, it's like, and, and I'm not normally a scared person. I mean, I, I mean, but that image had got inside my head. And it's been sticking, and see, I go to the woods, and a lot of times I go by myself when Karen don't go or whatever, my friend Donald Williams ain't going. I, I go walking through the woods at night way by myself. There, there's all kinds of, there, there's bears, there's panthers, all kinds of things. There's, 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 you know, just stuff. Trees move at night in the woods by themselves. Shadows appear at night. And so I can't watch that stuff because it gets inside my psyche. It begins to mess with my emotional realm. And it begins to cause me to operate on a level that I was never designed to operate on. And I just wonder how many people in the body of Christ are so tied to a solical realm that everything in the soul trips you up. Everything in your mind trips you up. Everything in your life causes you you to miss out on what God is trying to do. So we have to be careful that we don't under that we don't ever forget that what let me just get back that what has been already accomplished in the realm of the spirit is now my responsibility to manifest. Ugh. See, I don't have a problem praying for nobody. I don't care if you got a headache or if you got AIDS. I can pray the same prayer and I can pray it with the same power. No, y'all better jump in here now. You're thinking carnal. You better jump in the spirit. It ain't because my spirit's better than your spirit. It ain't because I'm more anointed than you. Your spirit, one-third of you is wall-to-wall Holy Ghost. You're just like God in the earth. And when you begin to operate on the realm that you have been anointed, 
I've had to lay hands on dead people, and it didn't shake my faith any more than it lays laying hands on somebody who's facing a migraine. Because you've got to get to that place where your spirit becomes activated. I mean, it works on your job. If you're if working on your job in a company or in a business, you learn to be led by the spirit. So what God does is he has these people in the territory. So in our text today, oh, Lord, in our text today, amen. God bless y'all. Thank y'all for being here. We are out of time. Man. The Apostle Paul, in our text, he's coming to us, and he's speaking to the church at Corinth about influencing that region. And he's telling them not only do you have the capacity the ability to be enlarged to reach this region, but now you can reach the regions beyond you. I'm trying to help this church understand, we ain't called just to take care of the few that's in here. We're called to be a blessing to this city. We're called to let the devil know as long as we got breath in this city, you ain't going to run up and down these streets and act like, like, like somebody you don't need to believe here. So, Paul now, he's coming, and just real quick, I'm going to run out of time, so I'm not going to go very far, but he's dealing with the concept of being enlarged in order to release their measure, okay? Now, I want you to see this. The word measure there in, in the Greek is the word metron, which literally means to calculate or to compute. It literally means to, uh, to determine something or to evaluate, to measure it. If something can be measured, that means that there's room for increase, Right? The word metron there is, is, I'm just going to give you a working definition. It has to do with the sphere or the domain of influence or the expansion of an influence. So in order for us to have influence, you've got to be enlarged from the inside out. More money don't give you more influence. If you don't have the capacity to maintain it, <laughs> winning the lotto. Don't give you more influence. In fact, according to the statistics, give you about six months and you'll be broke again. Because if you never learn how to manage money on the level that you're on, you won't manage it when it gets better. Y'all ain't got to say nothing, but I'm going to work it. So, 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 so there's got to be this, this expansion, this enlargement in our spirit man. Because there are in every environments, in every territories, there are certain dominant thought patterns that prevail in those areas. And if you don't learn how to live by the Spirit, you stay attached to those thought patterns solically. Stay attached to it. You ever went to a family reunion? I mean, you go there and you like, you like the odd duck because you don't act like that no more. The ones that ain't saying that is because you still act like that. Hmm? Right? Uh, you feel different because I, I can't get with that. <laughs> Look how, this is how Paul put it in the message translation. This will be on the screen for you. He said, dear, dear Corinthians, I can't tell you how much I long for you to enter this wide open, spacious life. We didn't fence you in. The smallness you feel comes from within you. Your lives aren't small. 
but you're living them in a small way. I'm speaking plainly as I can and with great affection. Open up your lives. Live openly and expansively. Whew. Can you imagine if every believer, if you imagine if Paul was saying, oh, you Clistonians, we didn't fence you in. The smallness that you feel comes from within. You have built walls around your own spirit. You have caged yourself into a place of darkness when I've called you into his marvelous light. You are living so attached to a solical realm that we didn't, we didn't put this on you. In fact, if you read the, finish the narrative, he said we came with the gospel. And we came, we, came, we came spreading the gospel not only to you but to the regions beyond you. And the way you work with God is you got to grow with God. You don't just become born again and say, well, that's enough. I'm on my way to heaven. No, you got an assignment. You got a purpose. The reason why New Harvest Church exists, it's not so that we can have just another church service you can go anywhere and have another church service but when you get people who understand I've been assigned to this territory and to this body of believers now we move together as a unit of people and we press on atmospheres and environments till they begin to shift and break loose and let go of things okay so this you'll know this I'm not going to preach them again but just so you know these are how cultures are developed number one sustained spiritual influences create atmosphere they create atmosphere. What you agree to is the atmosphere you permit. Right? Whatever you tolerate, you can't change. Huh? I'm watching young parents now. I keep telling my wife, we keep talking about, we said, we've got to have a young parent's class on how to raise kids. We need to teach parents on how to raise kids. You don't let a three-year-old talk back and act like it's funny. And you can't tell you, I said, sit there, and they just get up and run off. Oh, they just kid, they just play. No, they're disobedient. I'm not looking at nobody. It's because they were born with rebellion. They were born with a sinful nature that's eaten at their soul every single day. And you as a steward of those children have to bring correction. Some of y'all need some old school mamas that used to break out the switch. I know, I know, we got to be sensitive because, you know, we don't want to hurt nobody's feelings. That's the problem. We train them to live by their feelings, and then all they want is therapy and not counsel. Because therapy makes you feel good about your bad situation. Counsel, the Bible says, is down into the heart of a man, and counsel draws it out like water. When you get counsel, it pulls the truth of God out of you. I, I'm amazed. I'm telling tell, we're going to start. I, I, I won't be the teacher, so y'all ain't got to worry. But we, we got to start a parenting class because I'm watching kids, church kids, talk back. Man, if I'd have done that, I would be wearing false teeth today. I, I'm not, I ain't making this stuff up. You say, well, that's abuse. No, maybe there was something. That was driving. The Bible says foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child, but a rod will drive it far from him. You say, well, I don't believe that. Then you don't believe John 3, 16 because it's in your Bible. Oh, y'all ain't talking to me. Well, I don't believe in tithing. Well, then you don't believe in John 3, 16. 
well, I don't have to tithe. And you know what? There's people in this congregation who's been in here for years, and you ain't tied nothing. Oh, it just got quiet. I felt that. Y'all threw that back on me. You know what? I ain't scared. I'll be here next week, the Lord willing, all right? I'm not scared. I'm not scared. This is the problem. We have watered down the truth that your spirit can handle, and we try to make excuses on why you're not living by the spirit, and we keep giving people excuses and reasons, and it has nothing to do with doctrine. It has nothing to do with truth, and we water down the power of the gospel because we don't want to hurt nobody's Feelings. We don't want nobody to stay hurt or abused or offended. Can I tell you something? Your spirit knows truth the first time it hears it. It knows it the first time it hears it. Some of y'all ain't even looking at me like that. I'm just going to yeah. act like I'm taking notes. No, you on Facebook right now. I got you. Somebody said, I'll be glad when seven minutes is up. He got to quit. Because whatever you tolerate, you don't change. You keep giving in to it. And that, that sustained influence creates an atmosphere. All right, now, number two, sustained atmosphere creates climate. Climate is stronger than atmosphere. Climate is predictable. It's predictable. Once a sustained atmosphere is developed, agreed to, and it stays there long enough, sustained long enough, it becomes climate. I mean, that one cold day in South Florida don't make it a cold climate. It's South Florida, baby. It's hot. It's muggy. I just came back. Listen, that's, what, that's, that's the way it is. You know what? No have, you, have you noticed no matter how much you fuss about it, you don't change it? We're about to hit May. May is the beginning of the outskirts of hell. Because you move right on into June, July, August, September, and we're praying for one little cold snap. It don't even have to change the temperature. Just loose that humidity and let it go. Right? And I, I've been around people my whole life. It's my, it's my backyard. This is where I was born and raised. This is, where I, this, this, this is it. And I've heard people all my man. I hate living here. It's so hot. You've been living in it for 40 years. You ain't going to change it. Because we are a semi-tropical climate. Because the atmosphere has been sustained long enough that it's created a predictable climate. How many know about June, July, and August? Every afternoon around 3 or 4 o'clock, them thunder showers are going to roll in. Yeah? And it don't, it don't bother us in Florida. If you've been here, you know most of those only last about 30 or 40 minutes. It's going to blow in and blow out. The sun's going to peak out, and you can go right back to doing what you're doing. But it's the climate. I mean, a one cold day in Chicago, Illinois, in December, don't make that a hot climate or a hot day in Chicago. Don't make it a cold climate. Here's the thing about climate that you have to understand. When you have a sustained climate, it becomes predictable, and certain things grow better in certain climates. You don't grow orange trees in Chicago. The climate's too cold. But down here in South Florida, we'll wear it out. You don't grow vegetables in Illinois. You can't grow tomatoes. 
cucumbers. Squash. Huh? You can't. Oh, you can put it in your house in a little old bowl and you get a little, about like that. Oh, I got me an eggplant, about the size of a marble. <laughs> Slice it up, fry it. Oh, we got us an eggplant. No, it don't grow there. Because the climate is predictable and you know not to do it. How many know that works in a church service? If you get the right climate in a church service, that means when people came up in here, they said, boy, I can't wait to get to the house of the Lord. I begin to gather with my brothers and my sisters because we're not coming in here to punch in a religious clock. We are coming up in here to lift our praises to that name that's above every name. And when we begin to move the things of God into the realm of the spirit, that climate begins to get packed. It begins to get thicker. It begins to get more glory. And the next thing you know, while we're singing, somebody over here got healed. While we're singing, somebody over here just got a word from the Lord. Your children are going to be saved. And all of a sudden the power and the miracle prevailing witness of heaven's kingdom gets manifested because now our church is predictable. <laughs> oh my, I know you're trying to check on me. I got two minutes. I'm going to wear it out. When, when you get a church, watch this now because it's testing. Am I on? When you get a church in a region that knows how to go after God because they're living out of the spirit realm, I'm telling you, you start shaking things loose in an, in an atmosphere. Strongholds begin to take notice that the grip that we have can't stay forever. Because when you have people with a revelation of something that's not carnal, something that's not earthly, but it's born of the spirit, now you begin to leverage your faith into a realm that begins to manifest it in this realm. All right, so let me just give you these last two so we don't have to stick with it too much longer. Sustained climate then begins to create strongholds because I'm trying to get you to what a culture looks like. Somebody say strongholds. An entrenched stronghold, a mindset, determines how a person thinks, feels, how they think about themselves, how they feel about themselves, how they feel about God and the world around them. Now, this is going to be interesting to you because I just want you to see this. Is, I'll just, I'll have to stop here. But in the message translation where we said that for the weapons of our, you know, we, we read like we wrestle not. What was it? We wrestle not. But against principalities and powers and rulers and all that stuff. But now when you get into 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 6, this is what he's saying in the message translation. He says, this will be on the screen so you can see it. I just want you to see it. The world is unprincipled. It's dog eat dog out there. The world doesn't fight fair. But we don't live or fight our battles that way. Never have and never will. The tools of our trade aren't for marketing or manipulation. But they are for demolishing. Oh, my Lord. They are for demolishing the entire massively corrupt culture. We use our powerful God tools for smashing warped philosophies, tearing down barriers erected against the truth of God, fitting every loose thought and emotion and impulse into the structure and the life shaped by Christ. Our tools are ready at hand for clearing the ground of every obstacle and building and lives of obedience into maturity. Mm. Wow. Can you imagine that? The weapons that we have in the spirit, 
They're not for marketing. I'm telling you, people that market their gift for more money, false teachers, false preachers, false prophets, it's not even for manipulation. That's what he said. He said it's for demolishing philosophies, barriers, thoughts in the mind. It's for tearing down the strength of a culture. God. When you get a church that understands that we possess the power to change the trajectory of culture in a city, in a neighborhood, in a life, we begin to think on a different level. This will be, this will be on the screen. Strongholds, they're the arrogant, rebellious ideas and attitudes that opposes the will of God. That's what a stronghold is. It's arguments of truth against the true knowledge of God. The church is called to argue down. Cast out, pull down, override, destroy any argument that's against the knowledge of God. We got this thing going on in our political world, and you know, and I, we, we preach enough about that. And I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not political. I'm biblical. So you can't put me in nobody's camp because I don't fit in none of them. I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. I'm a child of the living God. Now I'm going to vote according to principles and policies and things like that. But you're not going to put me in the camp because my camp's bigger than that camp. And so here's the thing. When the church understands truth is truth, truth is truth. I said truth is truth. Jesus said you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. And your spirit knows truth the first time it hears it. You can't just take a little bit of truth and add what you want to into it. You can't just water it down a little bit and make, make you feel good because that's solical. That's therapy. But when you understand truth based on the Bible, based on what God has said, based on what God is saying, then your life is measured out. Your life is met. That's what Paul said. We're, not, we're, not, we're going to boast within our measure. We're going to boast within our measure to the sphere, the domain of where we have been assigned. And God will take what we do, and he will release people in that region from demonically held strongholds. Amen? So, as the people of God, Pastor Porter, you guys can come on. I, I need to close, I guess. Let me give you this one more thing. Satan's strategy is to block the knowledge or the application of God's word in the thinking of believers so that they stay held hostage by lies. You see that? It's the role of the enemy. You ever try to argue with somebody? Hey, why don't you come to church? I don't believe in going to church. That's not the truth. That's your opinion. The Bible says don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. So, so and, and, and they, they create these arguments based on lies, based on what they have developed. It just got quiet in here. Well, I don't believe in church. Based on what? Well, I don't believe in healing. Based on what? Well, I don't believe in miracles. Based on what? I believe in the God of the Bible. And it makes no difference how I feel about it. <laughs> if God said it, that's what I'm going to hitch my wagon to. If God said it, then that's what I believe. I believe the report of the Lord. 
I believe that God is God all by himself and he don't need nobody's help. But I do also believe that God uses people in a territory to express his nature through. Amen? So, so, so strongholds sustained become cultures. That's what we got to. That's what culture. Sustained stronghold determines culture. In other words, the culture we live in is determined by the mindset that control the way we think. We've got to be careful. Paul said it. He said it. He said, don't be unevenly yoked. You can have a hamburger with anybody. Just don't let their philosophy get inside of you. Amen. My spirit man is so connected to me and precious to me, if I can say it that way, that I guard it like a fortress. I got social media too. There's platforms. I mean, boy, you got to be careful. You ain't even got to be looking for it. It'll just pop out. Some of y'all ain't even going to look at me now like, oh, God. You can just be scrolling. All of a sudden, things pop up. If you don't put a guard around it, you live solically. Because now it's appeasing. And now your body is responding. Y'all afraid I don't want to talk about sex. Everybody just got quiet. I'm telling you. Young people today are in a war. You know what? I started to do this. I know this is home. We're going to go. I started to do this. I started to do this, but I don't, I don't think I can put my conviction on anybody. I never try to do that. But I can put what the word says. But I, I, I almost threw this challenge out at the beginning of the year that everybody needs to start bringing a Bible to church instead of a phone. And I like my phone. I like my Bible app on my phone. I use it all the time. But there's something about bringing. Because if I said, look up Habakkuk chapter 1, verse 2, you'd have to Google it. Because we don't know where Scripture is anymore. And it's okay. I'm not, saying, I'm not saying this is a doctrine. I'm just saying, but what is that next generation getting? Amen. And I know it's inconvenient because you don't want to have to carry nothing around. You know, you just throw your phone in your back pocket and move on. Take notes on it. I get it. I, that's, not, that's not the argument. The argument is we are training people how to be lazy. And if we're not careful, the generations coming behind us will suffer even more. Because the culture that's been created in our world is a culture that has pushed God out. And anything we try to do to invite God back in seems abnormal. Well, that's not really the truth. See, culture will even tell you if you try to put scripture on it, they'll go, no, that's just your interpretation. Truth is truth. You don't water it down. Yeah. Truth never changes. That's right. Truth is truth no matter whose mouth it comes out of. Come on. Come on. And, and I, I, 
Can I just pick on this for a moment since all y'all kind of looking at me like, I, I need to go? It bothers me as a pastor, okay, that we can sit in a church service and act like we don't need to take a note. I'm not saying you take a note of what I'm preaching, but I believe the Holy Spirit preaches to you while I'm preaching. Yes. And we have become so comfortable that we come, watch, this is, this is an American mentality, we come to be entertained. Right. right. Because we're not coming to cooperate with the Spirit. We're coming to be entertained. Because what we have going on domestically in America is cosmetic Christianity. We're pretty and clean on the outside, but on the inside, it's like dead men's bones. And so what we got to have, we got to have like this, this spiritual revolution. Ugh. We got to have this movement of God back into the church yeah. where people understand when I'm coming in there, I'm cooperating with the realm of the spirit. My spirit is in tune with God. And I'm not just worried about what the preacher says, but I am concerned about what the Holy Ghost will say through him. I could be preaching on one subject, but the Holy Ghost is talking to you on another subject. And you go, mm, wow, mm, I felt that. And you write it down and you begin to make memory of it. And when you get a generation of believers that just come in here day in and day out, they don't serve, they don't get activated, they don't worship, they don't take notes. You are dead in your spirit to the things of God. Woo. <laughs> That's a long way just trying to tell you I love you. <laughs> but I'm telling you, I'm telling we are going, we're, we're getting somewhere. And, and I, I know Pastor Corey and Pastor Grace and these guys are working with some, the guys in Fort Myers. We're going to have a youth thing in, in Fort Myers. And, uh, and they, of all people that asked me to come and preach at the youth thing, I told Pastor Scorsese, I don't, even, I don't even know the lingo to kids no more. I don't know. I don't even know what they get on no more. I, I, I got stuck at TikTok. I said, I guess I got to go buy some tennis shoes and a hoodie. But you know what? I spoke to the pastor over there, not, not Pastor Ryan, it's his son, Caleb. He saw me affecting this. He said, man, you know, I really want you to come and at least do the last night and just, man, just throw it out there. I said, Caleb said, man, you got to understand, man, I'm like, I mean, I'm old enough to be their grand, great granddaddy. I don't understand 12-year-olds. We don't connect. This is what he said to me. Man, this gave me hope. He said, we're not looking. We're not looking for you to wow them with your youthness but we are hungry for an anointing and we need an anointing on that generation man I felt I said man if you're going to talk like that I'll come with guns blazing I'll come under the power of the Holy Spirit and we'll strike the powers of hell with the glory of God because what that generation needs it don't need a slothful church it don't need a passive church it don't need a soulish church it don't need a physical church it needs a church born of the spirit that knows how to press into the things of God come on if you believe that get on your feet and give God a praise come on give him a praise come on give him a praise come on give him a praise come on we gotta press the dimension Come on, just for 30 seconds, lift your voice. Lift your voice. Come on, I'm waiting on you. Don't let me.
say, just say, my spirit will take it from here. My spirit will take it from here. I got my body in church. I got my soul in line with my spirit. My spirit will take it from here. Glory to God. 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 Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse number 4, or 1 Corinthians, I guess, he said, when I came to you, I didn't come to you with enticing words of wisdom, but when I came to you, O Corinthians, I came to you in the demonstration and in the power of the Spirit, so that you would not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Because yes. I want to tell you something, you can get anybody up here that's smooth with their tongue and they can just, you know, they can flatter people with their with the microphone and I want to tell you, it's just rhetoric. But if there's no demonstration of the Spirit, right. and I'm calling for new dimensions. I'm calling this church to a higher dimension. I'm calling us to move into a realm where we have never experienced on a greater level where the climate becomes so conducive where breakthroughs happen all the time. Miracles happen all the time. Salvation is happening all the time. How many believe we can get to that point? Come on, just lift your hands all over the building. We're going to pray. We're going to pray. Just begin to lift your hands and begin to pray. Say, God, in the name of Jesus, here I am. Oh, God, use me for this generation. Use me for this city. Use me for this territory. In the name of Jesus. Are there any hungry people? Are there any hungry people that's willing to press beyond the veil of the flesh? Hallelujah. Mountains are still being moved. The strongholds are still being loose. Because of God we believe. Yes, we can see that wonders are still what you do. Mountains, mountains are still being moved. His strongholds are still being loose. Cause God, we believe. Yes, we can see. Wonders are still, cause we're here. We
just bow your heads all over the building. I believe strongholds can come down today. Thoughts that have arrested your mind, caused you to live a fragmented life. Missing out on God's very best. It's like our spirit man has been captured and put in a trunk. And we're being led by the soul. We're being led by the body. But I came to tell you today the Holy Spirit is here to break those strongholds. Open up that trunk and let your spirit man out. Begin to live free again in who God's designed and made you to be. And I know we need to go, and we are going to go. If you need to go, you can just do that. But I believe there's people in here that needs prayer today. Our prayer teams are here. I know Pam's got our prayer team ready. we got our staff here. But I want to pray over those strongholds in your life. I want to dismantle them. I want to tear them down. And you can put it into whatever category you're trying to label it in. But if it's, if it's operating in your life repeatedly, it's a stronghold. And it's got to come down. It's got to come down. It's got to be brought down today. And I just want to pray over that. I just want to release that. No pressure, but I just want to release that. If you need to go, you can go. Just make sure you sign up. If you're serving in the church, sign up for next Sunday morning. But if you're in here today and you say, you know what, I just, I want prayer today. I want to break that stronghold. I want to break that level of limitation out of my mind. I want to, I want to be free today. I want to walk out of here free. I want to be bound. That's you in here. While they just sing, just begin to make your way to the front. Don't put it off because I'm going to take about three minutes and we're going to go. So they sing, let's go. Come on. Just begin to move. We're going to break it today. This is in the name of Jesus. Just be moving out of your seat. Be moving out of your chair. This is we're just going to break it today in agreement. In the name of Jesus. This is we're going to break it today. Mountains are still There's be more of you. There's more of you. Don't let pride rob you of a victory. There's an anointing today. We're working on it today. Yes, we can see it. Wonders are still watching. You're trapped by your own thoughts. Mountains are still be in the name of Jesus.
stirred to give you what God's given me, but God says, I haven't taken my hand off your life. My calls are without repentance. My hand has been on your life to preach the gospel of my son, Jesus Christ, and you're going to move in ways that my husband or I or your mom or your dad or anyone has ever moved before because this is going to be something that God's going to do in your generation. And God is saying, you may be looking to this, you may look to that, but nothing's going to fulfill until, until, you, until you just give yourself to what he's calling you to be. And he's calling you to be his mouthpiece to your generation. Amen. something more than what I had I need to experience something deeper than what I saw and I looked at Josiah we walked all the way to the next building together and I just said Josiah just do me a favor I don't need nothing from you but just do me a favor and run your race and run it with everything you got and don't let go of that baton until you have part, imparted everything that you were called to do and run it, and run it strong. And don't be intimidated by anything that the world can offer because the anointing in you, Isaac, the anointing in you, destiny, the anointing that's on y'all is stronger than the pull of the world stronger we need a generation that knows how to run with what's been entrusted to them including me I want to say this and we'll go I know it's you know the magic hour is always 12 o'clock wherever that rule came from nobody knows it wasn't invented by the, by, the, by the Bible, by God. It wasn't. It wasn't. You don't find nowhere in Scripture that this is when church ends. 
We put that on that. That's right. We did. And I, I want to say this because I don't want you thinking anything different. I, I, I just, I'm trying to make a point about what I've been preaching for seven weeks. We want new outpourings. Yes. But it's not without a cost. We want the moves of God, but it's not without a price. There's a sacrifice involved. And I'm more time conscious than anybody in this building. Everything we do in our service is structured to the minute. You can look on Planning Center. It's structured to the minute. And I drive that. I'm more time conscious. But God's helping me. And I'm asking for your prayers. And I don't believe, if you ain't got nothing to say, sit down. I get it. If God ain't moving, go on. Go get you some fried chicken and be all right. But I want to tell you, this generation is not going to live and survive on 20-minute TED Talks. That's right. That's right. It's not going to happen. And one of the things that, we're, that we've lost, we're trying to get it back. There's some churches in America that, that are pulling it back in. And some of them had to go outside their church. They had to go put up a tent because religious people can't handle it. We're trying to wrangle back in what we let go. I'm saying this because you can't talk about strongholds and mentalities and mindsets and not deal with the 12 o'clock hour. got about three amens. The rest of us is because I know I know what I'm saying. It, we have to deal with it. It's not that I want to go past 12. Don't, don't, don't read into that. But until we break that stronghold, because the temptation to me at 1210 was to release you and let you go. Because we were already 10 minutes past. But there was about 8 to 10 people that just stood up here that needed that extra 20 minutes. And this is what I'm fighting. I'm just, I'm just, I guess today's more pastoral than anything. If we don't break the mindset, because what happens is you start resisting. You turn your spirit off. I, I, I feel it. I feel it every Sunday. When we hit 12 o'clock, spirits shut off. Because now it's just get us to the end. And I don't mean that in a negative way or bashing anybody. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying if we're going to do something with a new outpouring, we can't box God in to a frame that we're comfortable with. That's right. And I'm okay. If you got to go, you got to go. I preach for people walking in and not walking out all the time. <laughs> Don't bother me. If you got to go, you got to go. I'm, I'm, I'm setting you up because this will probably be the last time if I can help it. But I'm going to apologize for yes. going past 12 o'clock when God wants to move in people's lives. Come on, Pastor. Come on. I'm done with it. I'm done with it. I'm like, I'm done. I'm done. 12.01, if you got to go, go. 
It's okay. We love you. I I won't think nothing about you. I promise you I won't. I've done this for over 20 years now. I don't think nothing about it. But there's always been a remnant that knew how to stand against the prevailing thoughts of the day. That's why Paul said, when I come to you, I'm not coming to you with enticing words of men's wisdom. I'm coming to you in a demonstration. And if you ever were on my end preaching, it takes takes a lot of work in the realm of the Spirit to get people opened up for God to do something. I'm not up here just giving rhetoric. I'm up here working in the Spirit, trying to get something in you that I know will forever change your life. And I just want us to be a church that's fully, not that we're going to go past 12 next week. It's not that. It's not the time. I just don't want us to check out if we go past 12. My intention is not to go past 12. And pray for me. God, help me. Preach faster. Whatever. Dial it down. Whatever I got to do, I'm open to that. But the way God uses me is I preach until I get a result. You just want a little sermonette, get on YouTube. You'll get them. But if you want to see some demonstration, keep pressing in with your spirit. Yes. And the power of God will move. Amen. Is that okay? I don't, I'm not trying yes. to be ugly. I'm just trying to say, we, we got to have more freedom in the spirit. We can't be restricted. We can't be restricted. I've got about eight or nine invitations to go and preach right now and other places and I haven't answered none of them because I said God I won't be a part of what's happening in Clouston I want to be a part of this and it's not that I won't go I may I don't know I'm just I'm, I'm just I want to be led by the spirit I want to be led by I want to go on assignment not just go because somebody wants me to preach I don't, I don't get enjoyment out of that. I get enjoyment out of seeing people move into that. I, I tell you what, I'm going to get enjoyment out of this house moving up into the realm of the spirit. Yes, yes. Because you know what? I'm telling you, you'll hear it next week at that meeting that when you sign up, when you sign up for the growth track, all of us that are serving, you're going to hear it from me next week. I'm going to give you special insight on where we're going in the next 20 months. I've got a plan laid out already. I've got it laid out. I'm going to give you insight that nobody knows but me. I'm going to give you insight on where God's taken us in the next 20 months. Some of you, you've heard me say it before, but there's some things you haven't heard because God's taken us somewhere, and I'm not going to be satisfied one day until we see everything that God's promised us, and we're going to be pushing. Amen? Come on, just lift your hands all over the building. Lord, I thank you today for this amazing congregation. Thank you today, Lord, for what you're doing in all of our hearts and all of our lives. And God, I just pray today, Lord, that we will not be limited to a prevailing stronghold in our region that stops people from being free in their spirit. We're not going to be people that live out of our soul. We're not going to be people that just live out of the earthly realm, fleshly, carnal, but we're going to be people of the Spirit. 
that know how to tap into the things of the Spirit. God, we're going to do our job in this region until every home is shaken by the power of God. Come on, just pray with me. Until every family is shaken by the power of God. Until every stronghold is dismantled by the power of God. Until every business connected to this house grows and begins to get magnified and multiplied a thousand times over. I heard Viva say it this morning, millionaires are coming into this house. Businesses are being raised up. Lord, I magnify that I magnify that prayer right there. We're not going to be satisfied. We're not going to be satisfied until the anointing of God is breaking sickness and disease, yokes, mindsets, thoughts, philosophies, ideologies, till it's being broken off of families' lives, till our teenagers are free. Come on, pray, till our teenagers are free. Free in God. Free to worship, free to praise, free to live in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we give you praise and we give you glory. Bless your people. Bless them coming in and bless them going out. Bless everything that they touch. Lord, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, I pray. And everybody together said amen. Amen, amen. God bless you. Love on somebody real good. I know. Don't forget to sign up in the back. Somebody sign up in the back if you're going to be here so we can count.